Ministry Catalyst Podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome back. Coming to you live from my garage. From David's garage. Where it is a balmy 59 degrees. Yeah. It's sunny outside, which is a little unusual for this time of year. I know, for January. But it's a nice change of pace. Yesterday was, or no, Saturday, I think it was Saturday, was really, really nice. Was it? Yeah. I had to work on Saturday. Oh, so. well, it was really nice I outside. My desk faces away from my window, oh. so I don't really pay much attention. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you have a window. I do have a window. Some people don't have windows. That's true. Some people don't have windows. But no, it was nice. Yeah, no, we're uh, we're in the garage, um, and I'm noticing... I'm looking around. I'm seeing uh, all these things that you've collected from me over <laughs> over the the last year. I see that bass amp yes. from our church that doesn't work yep. that you decide to take, and yeah. I'm like, "That's great, <laughs> take it." That way, I don't have to throw it in the dumpster. I see the uh, the the mold trap that you yes. got for the white elephant present, which I tried to use as a mouse trap. Did it work? No. It oh, didn't. stink. Yeah, it uh, somehow the mouse. There's like, so it's like a tube. Yeah. And there's like the thing that sticks down in the middle that's supposed to trigger the yep. the trap, right? Yep. Well, I put some, I put the bait behind that, figuring it would have to, you know, touch Go, that. Yeah. What happened? Somehow it got the food, like it got without, it out from with behind <laughs> without setting off the trap. Sneaky, yeah, sneaky no mouse. Yeah, we had a few mice out here, but uh, I think they're all dead now. Well... Yeah. I do not use humane traps. I know that's like a big <laughs> thing out here in the Northwest. But you're like, just kill them. Yeah. I mean, they're rodents. They, you know, if you don't kill them. They come back. Yeah. Then you just, well, they you, might, you, not, they bring might more. not come back, but like they're going to multiply. If you, you they know, bring more. If yeah. I, I remember. Um, so we, we bought that gopher, that mole trap uh, when we were living in Troutdale. And we, because we, we had these moles that were just like destroying our lawn, you know, just popping up holes. That's why we bought it. We never even we never even caught one, which is lame. Which is it why is lame. I, which is why I gave it to you um, yeah. as a white elephant present. I haven't tried it yet. We've got a mole that's out in our yard. That's really you know, annoying. Me. Mike, uh, uh, our our pastor, Mike, um, my uh, my pastor at Laurelwood the Church that I'm I'm at. Mike, his solution to to uh, moles. You know what he does? Uh, he gets up about five in the morning with a shotgun. And uh, just waits until he sees mm-hmm. one digging, and yep. then just blows him. A lot of people do that. I I didn't know that was even yeah. legal. Um, I'm not sure if it is, but he does it. it doesn't matter where he lives. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I was like, dude, what if you're, you know, what if your neighbors? Uh, so what he does, he actually goes around to all his neighbors and say, hey, FYI, I'm gonna be up tomorrow morning. 
you might hear a shotgun blast. Don't worry about it. So I guess that's the polite thing to yeah, do. Yeah, that's a good idea. Just go around to your neighbors. Yeah, my dad actually, um, they have groundhogs. Ooh. Have you seen a groundhog? Well, I've seen Groundhog Day, the movie with Bill yeah, Murray. So, yeah, so they yeah. have those right. Like in their backyard. Hello. And um, those are those things are big. They're huge. Yeah. And so um and they like to get into the garden and eat the uh, garden and stuff. So and he checked he checked with the um the game warden to make sure it was okay. Okay. To shoot him. Yeah. So he can shoot him. But like but see at my parents' house we live kinda we grew up kinda right outside of town where like the street and a hundred feet back from the sidewalk was all in city limits, but oh. once you got past that hundred that hundred foot line, you weren't, you were, city, you weren't city in the city. Limits. You were in the country anymore, nice. so you could just do stuff like you were in the country. So we nice. didn't have to get permits to burn and stuff like that, like you would in the city. Yeah, yeah. But, so, so he's out. He's got a barn, and he's got like a little slat that he leaves open for his gun. <laughs> and he, if he sees a groundhog, he'll go. He'll he sneak out to the it. barn. And just hide out there until he gets a good shot. And I guess he shot like three or four of them this last wow. year. But there's still more. And they just keep coming. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. you know. So we had the gophers or the moles or whatever they were. Never caught one. Um, uh, we, we had raccoons in our crawl space. Never caught one. Uh, we had mice in our kitchen. Um, finally got the mice. Uh, I, I got a bunch of trash. I don't even know how they were getting in. Um, I, I think I finally figured out there was like this this um um there was this little hole in the cover that they had like gnawed through and somehow gotten inside from the outside. I think I think through the crawl space, like like the little vent. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I I don't know. Anyway, it's frustrating. Yeah, well, cause they they're just resilient little mm-hmm. boogers, you know. They just they just find a way. Anyway, so we we ended up catching a number of mice. Um, they always they always hung out behind our dishwasher, and um. So we finally we finally caught a couple of them and it seemed to slow things down, um, but I don't know. The nice thing is, ever since we moved to our new house, we've been we've been in our new house for over a year now uh, in Vancouver, right by our church, and the only problems we've ever had are just bees, you know, like making nests, like little little mm-hmm. bee nests, you know, which I mean, that's not Inside? a big deal. No, no, okay. no, not, a, no, that'd be a problem. <laughs> no, just like outside on, on the overhangs or the roof, you know, where they mm-hmm. just kind of like congregate and make little nests. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, no big deal. I, I just wait till, it's, I just wait till it's late at night. I get a bottle of Raid and just spray, just spray those little guys. They all start falling out, you know, yeah. it's real cool. It's kind of a, a fun little thing to do yeah to kill insects and yeah just rodents kill a bunch of bees yeah i know that's not very um it's not very nice PETA of us but <laughs> i hope he i hope PETA doesn't listen to this we're not a PETA approved podcast anyway Whoops. so that's okay speaking of PETA, i went to the uh the circus um with our daughter really yeah and and it was it was it was fun it was at the rose garden which is the the big coliseum in portland um, Portland's the probably the the largest metropolitan city close close to where we are. Probably, uh, yeah, it is. Sorry, <laughs> I, I probably I probably I probably shouldn't I probably shouldn't waffle on statements like that. I should just say it like it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> Portland is the largest metropolitan city uh, where where we live here in the Vancouver Washougal area. Sorry, I, I'm just trying to give geographical background yeah, for those. Yeah, that's who, good. That's good. Anyway. All I was saying, so we go to Portland, we go to the, the Rose Garden Coliseum, which is, you know, where the Blazer 
play basketball and where they have big events. And and we're going there to have a good time. We're ready to like, you know, see the elephants and everything. And who's sitting outside in front of the the uh, the stadium? <laughs> but this giant PETA group, mm-hmm. like just chanting and saying how you know, like just how horrible the circus is and how they kill elephants and and, and they have these like very graphic posters mm-hmm. and 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 they're like wearing like you know like blood on their coats and stuff. <laughs> and my poor three year old daughter is like so traumatized. She's like so confused. Um, you know, she's she's like, Dad, Mom, what? Why are those people? Why do they have owies? You know, and it's like, well, you know, it's like, how do you explain that? Well, these people don't really agree with the circus, and you know, so it's like we want her to have a good time in the circus. We don't want her to be like worried the whole time that that the elephants that she sees are like going to die one day. And anyway, it's like that episode of The Office when, <laughs> when Michael he, spins he the buys bonus the fur or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and as he walks out of as he walks out of the store with his fur coat a PETA group uh, yeah. f- um, uh, throws uh, fake blood uh, paint on his yeah. on his fur coat oh uh, that is pretty funny mm-hmm. oh anyway yeah, well, hey, yeah hey yeah. so so it's been a while since we podcasted yeah we were with DJ last time yeah and I think that was like last year I mean I think that was before New Year's right? was that really I think so has it been that long I think so so it's been almost a month since we've actually recorded an episode. Wow. Well, it, it hasn't been that long, has it? Oh, well, I guess. I guess almost. We, yeah, when we met with DJ, a few days a, shy. It was after the. Uh, it was after the. Um, mm-hmm. What you call it? The uh, Vancouver Christmas project. Well, we're back. <laughs> yeah, we're back. We're back. We did I, not go away. No, we didn't go away. I was sick. Like our whole family was sick last week, and then you know the week before that. Um, what was I doing? I think I, I was on vacation for two weeks right around Christmas. I took a couple weeks off for Christmas, which was nice. Did you mm. take any time off? Kind of. I'm part time now. So I guess yes. Yeah, so, like, so it's not really an issue because I'm home most of the time now. Oh, uh, so how would that work if you wanted to take time off, like a Sunday off? Does we don't actually know yet. Okay. Um, we're still waiting to hear from the deacons or something. They're supposed to work all those details uh, out okay. and get well, back to us. Got it. So, all right. Well, that, that's another story for another yes. time. I'm but, sure. um, but yeah, here we are. We're back. We're back. And it's episode 83. 83. Well, hey, we're kind of crazy. Yeah. What are we, what are we talking? What are we talking about? I thought we could talk about insecurities. Insecurities. And, um, I don't know. We may have hinted at this topic once or twice. I don't think we've ever like really dealt with it head on much. But um it's kind of a big deal. Like, you know, um dealing with not just personally, like with your own insecurities, but like but dealing with other people's insecurities and and um both both people that work with you, you know, your your worship team members, the insecurities that they they might have, and people that you work for, mm. and the insecurities that they have, mm. and how all of that affects you. Like it's just, it's it's I've just I've kind of noticed it lately being this thing that really drives a lot of stuff. Like mm. like when people are insecure about something, then they compensate in some way that affects you, or like if you're working with with an instrumentalist who's insecure about their playing, right it really affects uh, 
you know, what you can do you know, with them on the team, right? Sure. Or if you're insecure about talking in front of people or if you're insecure about whatever, then that affects your ability to lead worship. Or if you're insecure dealing with confrontation, you know, kind of there's a, like all this stuff that insecurities kind of drive. Mm. So I thought it'd be something worth talking about. That, yeah. And, and that is an interesting, an interesting topic. Um, Cause I think a lot of people, a, a lot of people don't like talking about it because, you know, who likes talking about your weaknesses or your insecurities? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I would venture to say, David, that I think a, a lot of times um, the insecurities uh, that go unchecked actually contribute more to problems because of the fact that you aren't doing anything with mm-hmm. it you aren't saying anything with it and, and and you just let those insecurities become maybe a part of who you are or affect you and before you know it it's helped maybe identify or shape your identity um and, and i think that can be a problem i think that can be a problem so so i think the big question is what what do we do with insecurities what do we do when we have things that we know we need to work on uh do we do we just continue to kind of hide them or let them affect us or i mean i think even before that like you need to identify what what yours might yeah and and then and then also i think um and and this goes to us but um to others you know help you know finding a way to gracefully help others see their insecurities Mm. and, um, and helping them, you know, get over them or, or at least know that they're there. And so that they can maybe start to see uh, how it's affecting the way that they serve or, you know, and then, and at the same time, allow, you know, having some people close enough that know you that serve, I don't know, under you, but, you know, just people that serve with you in one way or another Mm -hmm. that know you well enough that they've been able to see maybe some of your insecurities that you maybe don't know, Mm. or at least aren't, aren't, uh, you're in a state of denial about not (laughs) willing to, to acknowledge or something. And then, you know, so, so kind of building some of those relationships where you can, so yeah so identifying your insecurities uh, you know i guess obviously that that would be kind of a a first step um but you know you were talking about like having you know people in your life who who know you or who can you know share with you um you know i've i've found that like even for me you know like i can um you know i can get really defensive easily you know like there's times where where my wife melanie and i you know we'll be talking and melanie will just maybe point out something you know whether um, not necessarily insecurity but maybe she'll point out just like like something i did or or a flaw or or something that maybe you know upset her or or wasn't that cool and and you know a lot of times my my knee jerk reaction is to is to be like you know, well, no, that, you know, that's not true or, or this is what I meant or so, some sort of defensive posture. Yeah. Um, and, and so like, I, I guess, I guess what I'm wondering is, you know, I imagine that there's people, you know, on our worship teams who, 
maybe are, are similar. And I think I think it probably happens a lot more with guys than gals. And, and that's not a stereotype. I just think I don't know. I think guys, for whatever reason, just get more defensive easily. Um, well, and and we're also you know we're dealing with um, creatives with creative types of people, you know? And so, you know, some of the most, uh, uh, thick skulled, hard headed people in the world are like creative people. Right. I mean, (laughs) like you, you think about, uh, like Steve jobs, you know, he's a leader, but I think he's a creative kind of person. Yep. And, and he's one of like the hard headed, hardest headed, (laughs) like CEO that I've ever, you know, heard of or experienced or really? anything about yeah i mean really? it's just you know you hear, you hear stories about it and i'm pretty sure they're all true and you know you hear them talk and you know you can like, like see what, like what kind of stories like he's just very well just uh well i mean very much very uh arrogant you know like uh i'm the best and apple is the best and we know it and kind of stuff and and we're not going to do anything that we don't want to do, and you're not going to convince us otherwise. And, you so know, that that kind of that kind of, that yeah. kind of vibe, mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. But yeah, yeah. Cre- creative people, I think, are are perhaps even more e- even more um, closed or defensive, mm-hmm. or you know, have have an idea of what what they think or what they want to accomplish. And mm-hmm. so, um, man, but, I, like I th- you know, I think you're hitting on a very important part of it, though. Like, as for us, is dealing with it, you know. Um, respond you know we have to set an example and so like we can't respond defensively if someone brings it up and um and i unfortunately i think that happens like all the time you know um especially with leaders and and leaders i think leaders who have more insecurities are also way more defensive about stuff Mm -hmm. and um and there there may be no actual reason for them to be insecure you know they may like uh like i i have a guy that plays with us as a, a phenomenal guitarist he's got excellent feel very good you know very good skill very good you know he's very good with his fingers he can play probably anything that i would ever want him to but he he talks himself out of it all the time really because he doesn't think he's as good as someone else you know mm. or it's like I, how many times do i have to tell you that you're good for you to actually listen to me and and stop you know doing so, this. So so question, so have you have you approached him and been like, "Hey, you know, like like you got to believe in yourself." I I think I think yeah, that you're Yeah, I talked to him a whole bunch of times about it. And 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 does he get defensive or does he just dis- no, dismiss but, it or Uh he just dismisses it. Oh. Yeah, he and his personality type isn't necessarily one that would get defensive anyway. Okay, so so he's more of a passive yeah, personality. Mm-hmm, that doesn't want to have mm-hmm. conflict or confrontation. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and I think I think those are obviously two of the extremes. You know, one person gets really defensive. You know, no, that that's not the way I am. You know, you're you're crazy, whatever. And then the other person is is you know the other person is the kind of passive, like, oh, okay, well, you know, I you know what whatever. I'm I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't think that's you know, da 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 da. But but both both examples here, we have people who, um. You know, like you were saying, artistic people, maybe they they have their own ideas or their own agenda or or they have what they think to be right or normal. And and both both sides of the equation, you have someone who is letting a an insecurity affect them in some way. 
Um, but like I think you said earlier, that that art of gracefully approaching them with the insecurity, uh, and th- and that's hard. That's the struggle. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, that's the struggle. Um, it, it's like, you know, what what do you do in a situation where someone doesn't receive it? Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I mean, that's tough. Yeah, I think you know it's it's different if it's someone you're working with someone who's kind of you know working or serving for you which i don't like to use those words because we're all serving together but um but it's different if it's somebody that you're leading right as opposed with someone who's leading you you know right. if um which is a, a completely different thing altogether even if it's someone that that's you know a peer mm-hmm and um and you have a discussion about it or something you know it's it's a totally different thing than if it's someone that you're kind of in charge of and they expect to hear that stuff from you mm-hmm. but if you're not in charge of that person then and they and you have a discussion and it comes up or or however you you know talk about it then uh, i think there's a lot more potential for disaster and <laughs> that's what i don't know about yeah it can be it can be a lot more I think it can be a lot more uh, awkward, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but I mean the, the point remains that <clears throat> at the end of the end of the day, we we have insecurities um, that we need to face and we need to address because they uh, <clears throat> they affect us, they change us, um, and and most of the time I think negatively, you know, mm-hmm. most of the time, <clears throat> like you were saying when when you. When when you're insecure about your playing, you're not going to play as confident. When you, when you're insecure in front of people, you're going to you know stammer and stutter and, and 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 I mean there's obviously there's a lot of consequences or or you know things that happen as a result. But I think, but like for us, like I think I think a key like is for us to set an example and how we deal with it and and the better we deal with it i think the better people around us will deal with it so, so like um th- you know thinking about um the second chapter of philippians uh, uh don't think of yourself too highly you know yeah more highly than you yeah. ought but considering consider yeah. others better than yourselves right. so, you know things like that and, you know if we can if we if we have a, this opinion of ourselves that is very high and mighty you know, if we're if we have an opinion of of us being the kings of worship ministry, like we like, got it all figured out. Or... Yeah, like we know everything. Which you know, we've said a lot of times on this podcast, we don't. You know, we sure. have a lot to learn, and I'll I'll be the first to tell you, I'm very much on in a learning curve. I think I know a lot. I I think I've learned a lot over the years, but there's also a lot to learn about it. And but you know. But if we start thinking of ourselves in this high and mighty kind of position, then I think there's a lot of potential for disaster if someone mentions something that we might need to work on. You know what I mean? Because we like we frame this in our mind that we are this person. You know, we 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 develop this mindset that we are a you know worship ministry ministry guru or mm-hmm. you know a, a worship leading guru or you know a guitarist you know extraordinaire or, or you know whatever it is. And so we, so we develop that and then someone comes along, you know, somewhere down the road and says, Hey, you know what? Um, you could work on this or that Mm -hmm. and, and it would really help us out. Or, you know, if you worked on that, then, 
you know, it would really be a big benefit to me or to the team and stuff like that. And, and if you've got this view of yourself where you're king and someone says that, it's going to totally, you know, rock your world. You're going to get knocked off your feet. But if we have this opinion of being humble right. and... No, no. I mean, you said something just a, a little earlier, David, about, um, you know, you were talking about how how we need to set that first example, you know, with with our, our own insecurities. But, you know, again, the problem with insecurities is we oftentimes don't even know them. We don't identify them because they're just, you know, they're something we don't like to talk about. We don't like to think about. Um, I, I mean, so, so I, I guess... So I guess here's the question: When when we, you know, when we do have insecurities and they get pointed out, um, you know, how how do we best handle them gracefully? I mean, you, you were you were just talking about, you know, how we oftentimes have this view, you know, we're we're the, you know, we're the the worship pastors who who have it all figured out. You know, what happens if let's say you have, uh, someone under you, um, or even someone over you. You know, let's say you have someone on your worship team, you know, hey, Kevin, boy, I, you know, I, I really don't think you've been leading the practices very well. Um, you know, I, I, I really, I, I really see that as a weakness of yours because it hasn't been efficient. You let time get away from you. Um, well, you know, and that's where, you know, maybe you, you mentioned your first response might be to get defensive. Yeah. But, but, um, but I think uh, in those kind of situations, in any situation, really where you're not sure of of an answer it's it's okay to say well you know what um i really you know i appreciate the feedback i need some time to to think about it and yeah. and i'll get back to you and then and then you'll have some time to actually you know as long as you go and do the whole process go and look and you know review some rehearsals and say oh well they're right i've just kind of been throwing stuff together you know yeah. and then you can co- go back to the person and say you know what you were right thanks for pointing that out and and i think david i think what you just said is is a huge huge thing allow yourself time to process because i think it, it is that initial reaction that gets us in trouble so if if i as a leader want to aspire to to help create a culture uh, of openness a culture of honesty a culture where we can um, you know, where I can challenge people to, to face their insecurities, where I can challenge them to be better musicians or, or to not, you know, be uh, afraid of failure. Um, I mean, you know, that, that speaking of which, I mean, that, that's a big insecurity of mine. You know, I, I don't want to fail. You know, I, I want I want every Sunday service to be the best. You know, I want to make people proud. You know, I, I want to make people happy. I, I, you know, so failure, fear of failure is a insecurity for me. I'm sure a lot of other people have that same feeling, but if I'm going to aspire to create that culture, when I have people come up and and tell me I fail, um, I need to be able to respond by with time, because if I respond in defense or if I respond in passiveness, you know, passivity, or if I respond whatever your particular response mechanism is, um, then I'm not helping to create that culture Mm -hmm. so i I love what you said time give it time you know okay i i I hear what you're saying um you know um let's talk more about this can we can we meet tomorrow can we meet next week sometime i want to i want to talk to you more about this i think uh, like actual thorough kind of evaluation of whatever whatever it is is important too because you know on, on both sides of the coin both you want to have you know if if you do 
see that you need to work on something, you want to know what you need to work on. If you see that you don't need to work on something, then you also need to be able to come back to that person and say, you know what, I, you know, I appreciate the feedback, but, but I, I'm having a hard time seeing what you're talking about. And, and this is why because right. this 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 and this and and i and i say that to say because we don't want to set ourselves up on either end of the spectrum i don't think i don't we don't want to set ourselves up as being somebody that they can't come to because we just respond as being right and defensive all the time we also don't want to set ourselves up on the other side of the spectrum as being somebody that's just stomped on and mm-hmm. like you know if if i have a teeny tiny little frustration about something i'm just going to go dump it on this guy and and then and I'll, it'll be off my chest and it'll be okay no. you know there's got to it's got to yep. be in the middle because otherwise, then, you know, when you're getting stomped on all the time, when you're just letting things happen to you, then you're not actually leading anymore. Right. You're being led. Right. And then when you're just being defensive, well, then you're not leading. You are dominating. You know, you're right. not leading. You're you're controlling. And so I think it's in the middle that we have to kind of find out what we're supposed to be doing. Yep. So I don't know. Yeah, I think so. And. And I mean, it, it's always going to be a tough balance mm-hmm. and um, confrontation and conflict are always hard. And especially if you have insecurities about it mm-hmm. and being able to identify other insecurities, uh, you know, I mean, th- these are these are kind of deep things. And and I think what makes them so deep and personal is the fact that they're a part of who we are. Um, so, you yeah, know, and like, uh, you know, acknowledge them, you know, be willing to admit mistakes and, and things like that. And, you know. We're we're all growing. None of us have have achieved anything really yet. I mean, none of us are have arrived. Or although I do have to say, I like our GPS because like every time we get somewhere, it says you have arrived. You have- <laughs> that feels nice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, that feels um, good. But you know what I mean? Like you know, we're all we're all in process. We're not. None of yeah. us have really actually landed anywhere yet. We're all still growing in one way or another, and. And the moment we, you know, stop and think that we might have achieved whatever and stop growing, then I think that's when we start going backwards yeah. and disaster happens. Yeah. That's when you start getting complacent. Mm-hmm. Complacency leads to stagnation. Yeah. There it is. Well, hey, good discussion. Yeah. So, And obviously okay. this is a deep, you yeah, know. there's a lot more to it. Yeah, than there is. You know, we probably just scratched the surface here, yeah. but... But we're out of time. We are. So, hey, thanks for listening to another episode of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. You can always find us online, www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. And you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. And uh, we got rid of the social network. And Gone. so we'd love to have you uh, like our page and then uh, we can stay in touch with you that way and uh, create conversation and stuff like that. And email. So yeah, you can uh, and you can always email us to uh, David dot com or Kevin at com. And believe it or not, David said all of that without a script. It sounded it sounded <laughs> like you were reading from a page that whole thing. Did it? Yeah, but that was that was without script, folks. You say it enough. I mean, this, this is like yeah. I mean, some of it's new, but you know, this is our eighty third episode. So Here, we're, we're yeah, this we're, isn't we're, this we're isn't our first day. Groove, yeah, yeah, we didn't just fall off the turnip cart, right? <laughs> it's not our first day on the on the job. We're also, you know, we've gotten a few more. We've got some uh, worship leaders from Virginia and Texas that have joined our uh, directory of worship, you know, team members. Cool. So if you go to worshipministrycatalyst.com and um, 
think you click on directory or networking. I'll find out for sure before the next episode. There you I go. can be sure, but uh, but you can submit your information, and then hopefully we'll build a, uh, a directory of worship leaders around the world, and you can use that to find people in your area to go connect with and and uh, support one another as you serve the kingdom of God through worship ministry. So cool. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.